Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Sports Burrito. This week, first pod all in the same room. Wait, wait. Well, How are we, lads? How are we? How's it going? Class. Good to be here. Good net. Good little mm. net. Yeah, we've just been down to the nets. Um, it was a bad day. Bad day at the office. Yeah, bad day all round, really. Rookie bowled me at Rook. <laughs> Rook bowled. Okay, so full toss. Yeah. Full toss. Leg side wide. Offside wide, no full ball. toss, perfect Yorker, off some part of the ground. <laughs> Come on, it was absolutely different gravy, to be fair. It's ridiculous. Gravy. And now Matt also hit me on the thigh, I've got a fat bruise. It's good. Oh, mate, that actually looks nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that, that's horrible. For the, uh, for the listener, it's, it's literally the size of a cricket ball. It's like the eye of Sam. A ring. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the ball you get yours, mate. <laughs> Class stuff. Unbelievable. But, um... Oh, we forgot to say sorry about the swearing and shit. We can do that now. Yeah, go on, do it now. Okay. Never too late. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot for listening. Enjoy the episode and uh, apologies for any offence caused. We don't mean it. Well, there's a long ball through and... Jim oh, Mark's my God, an insane goal! I've just seen the most insane goal I have ever seen on a football pitch. Incredible, incredible Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Go on, then. Kick us off. We'll start with footy. Um, North London derby happened. Arsenal lost. We're done with that. Let's just finish. No, no, no. Let's just. Ooh, you you absolutely dominated us, mate, for seventy minutes. Oh, yeah. Seventy minutes. Tottenham did a smash and grab jobby. We have, we haven't done that for years. Yeah. Mourinho masterclass. Isn't Mourinho it? masterclass. Two one win. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is going to sound like an easy thing to say when you've already lost. But like, I'd rather have <laughs> lost that North London derby than one that actually mattered. But yeah, at the same time, I would also really have liked to have not lost that game. We are going to finish above you, though. Yeah, it? you are. But I mean, we're fucking. <laughs> three, you did it for 21 years, <laughs> and we've done it the last three years. We're like, fucking, look at you lot. You <laughs> lot of shit. Give it a little bit of shit, You know It was the definition of a mid table clash. Though, yeah. so Budget football all round. I mean, other than, defenses. other than Lacazette's goal. Oh, oh Rocket. Mustafi, mate. Oh my god, Mustafi! He needs to, you need to put him in the field, mate. Put him out to rest. Say, I've been saying that I've said this for a couple of people actually already, but I had a few Arsenal fans that I follow on Twitter that for some reason every time we could keep a couple of clean sheets, they're like, see, we told you Mustafi would come good. And it's like, no, fucking is <laughs> He actually he had an alright game to start with and he just slipped away. He just the problem is with him, you just can't you you're guaranteed one or two like shocking lapses mm. of concentration or just like decision making that are gonna cause like yeah. It's the same with Davinson Sanchez as well, mate. He's got a mistake in him. But raw talent. Raw Fast, talent. unbelievable in the air, seriously yeah. strong, good distribution. Yeah, just ter- just has a mistake in him. It yeah. costs us a lot. I mean the club, your, your first goal, that Klasnach pass is like it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul Marcy came out and said I think he said today, it was like <coughs> if your centre back can't pass at five yards, you're in trouble. And I think that probably some sort yeah, of definition. Like, also, David Luiz, I understand that Son's quite quick, but that's the slowest recovery, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. Really he was just he like was running in custard or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he was literally, like, shouting at uh, Kalazanac already, like, not defending, just, like, almost turned to Kalazanac to blame him before he'd even scored. Yeah, I mean, that was a... I was actually... I was in the airport... Good finish for Son. Yeah, it was a good finish. I was in the airport my way back. I, I, I had to turn off the stream at 70 minutes, so I stepped onto the plane, and I just got back, landed at Heathrow for my phone, and saw a message from Rook saying, shithousery, smash and grab, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that was the bad day. And that was the bad day. <laughs> That's the start of that. Um, um, other than that, I thought Danny Ceballos, seriously good vision on him. Some of his passes were incredible. He's really switched it up the last couple of weeks because I was 
pretty anti him, I'll be honest. He did not look like someone I wanted to sign on a permanent mm. contract. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Looking to extend it, aren't you? Yeah, I think now there is. Our technical artists can talk about extending everyone's contract. Also, found out that apparently um, he's a qualified hairdresser. He is. Did you hear that? Is he yeah. really? Yeah, that's what he was going to do, <laughs> what he was going to be before his football. And his lid's in pretty good shape. I don't think oh, I hate his lid. I think you must literally use a whole bottle of hairspray. It doesn't move an inch. Just oil. Throughout the entire... It literally doesn't move an inch. Just gets grease from the deep fat fryer and just... just (laughs) Straight in the bottom. Slick back. Completely rigid. But actually moving on from the North London derby now. Um, We had a Twitter vote. If anyone anyone that follows us on there would have seen, we had a Twitter vote talking about who we're going to stick in goal for the Euros for England next year. Because, I mean, the England goalkeeper situation is looking pretty bleak, generally. But we we sort of had it as a toss-up between Nick Pope uh, Jordan Pickford and Dean Henderson. Yeah. And Hendo came out on top. And I think 59% of the vote you got, and then Pickford got nine, and then you can do the maths to work out what Nick Pope then got. I, was, I, I voted for Pope, to be fair. I voted for the Pope. I was Dean Henderson, so I voted Hendo as well. I just, I just think. Why Pope, Matt? Big man, six foot five. He is a good keeper. Unbelievable shot good stopper. Good shot stopper, yeah. Two or three seasons straight now, he's been really good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good at corners, corners mate. Yeah. yeah. Also, our centre backs aren't aren't good at pending corners. corners. I think having a goalkeeper mm-hmm. that's like commander's area and like Pickford that is it's terrible. Oh, it's absolutely god awful. Pickford mate, comes out for the punch. The mistake he made when he let the ball through. Yeah, yeah so stuck his tongue out. Stuck, sticks his tongue out after saving it as if it's some sort of gag. Mate. I'm so glad you got didn't have to see what Rick did. That was horrible. Oh dear. But yeah, no, I think it will be Hendo to be honest. I think it will be. I don't know if it will, you know. I think Southgate will stick with Pickford. I'm worried about that. And that's what I think he's going to do. I'm worried I about that I think he will too. stick with him, and he shouldn't. But on that, also, Premier League sticking with it. Leicester, what the hell has happened what to you? Wheels come off. Yeah, my prediction for a few weeks ago there was to get a stroll into third place. It's yeah, it was. Asunder. It was. It's first Asunder, it's not looking good. I think right we all now. said, I think we all said they're done, they yeah. No, you did, I think you did stick. I mean, United fan here. Just because, yeah. No, <laughs> no, said no way. You went, so no, no way, way of that those foxes making it. <laughs> up the devils. Up the devils. Up the reds. Uh, I mean, getting beat 4-1 by Bournemouth, Dominic Slanky scored twice. Yeah. And that, that's his second and third yeah, it's senior goal ever. I look at the top scorers of this league as well, because there's a bit, bit of a question mark over it. Jamie Vardy, 22 goals. 23, isn't it now? 23 now. Danny Ings, 18 mm. this season. Danny yeah. Ings. No, he scored something stupid, like, until the game yesterday, which should have ruined it, but he scored... Before well, the United game yesterday, where obviously he didn't score, he scored fifty nine percent of Southampton's goals. Ridiculous! The season. Eighteen goals yeah. for a player of his caliber is incredible. Mm. At that team, as, and obviously they're, they're getting uh, a, hitting a bit of form again. Unbelievable! But. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous signing. Yeah. Probably Liverpool just don't need him. Though. That's the problem. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they got him on the cheap pretty much as well. So. Yeah, they did. He was incredible at Burnley. Yeah, he did. He, he's just done the job. Just it's true. Injuries. Oh, well, I mean, I mentioned the United game yesterday. What are your thoughts on that, crybaby? It's just the softest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> that goal at the end. <laughs> Literally the softest thing I've ever seen as well. don't know what the hell Lindelof's doing, playing him about 10 yards onside. Maguire was marking Wan-Bissaka. I have seen that. Yeah. I feel like those stills that you see where they show yeah, up, like, yeah, I feel yeah, like that's, that might be one step work. that he's also jumped across. He probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. That's just like, you're in the, the 90, Gary, it's 95th minute. Gary Neville's commentary as well, being like, yeah, the game looks done. <laughs> they look pretty solid now. They just need to hold on. Bang. Have that. He would have been seething. Yeah, he would have been. But he has, has to Spineless. Break it, <laughs> yeah. Spineless stuff. Oh. Yeah, no, but um, the, to the other side of Manchester, 
financial fair play seems to be me. I don't know how they've got away with that. I'm actually, um, for someone that's not really got any sort of anything invested in the whole decision, mm. I, I was really found myself being surprisingly pissed off about this whole thing. Yeah. I, was just, I don't understand what's the what's the point in any of this. What's the point is, in having yeah, any of those rules? And I understand, like, I just, uh, yeah, it's baffling. Mm. They basically just spent fifty million on lawyers and weaseled their way out. And I understand the way they weaseled their way out of it is by saying the process was unfair and basically by proving that other clubs have done similar things and not been punished for it. Mm. Seems to be something that happened. Yeah. But, uh, what's the point? They've made that money back in Champions League sponsorship though. Yeah. That's Straight all away. they've done. Yeah. It's completely stupid. It's like, doesn't make any sense. They just completely smash and grab Jobby there. And they're probably well. going to win. They've got a good chance, like we said a couple of weeks ago, winning the Champions League this year as well. Uh, <laughs> that would be the ultimate insult to injury drop, yeah. I reckon, if they... Steam home, just like celebrating with giant signs, just saying "fuck you, Ava." <laughs> from Cisse, Suarez trying to get behind Colacini here. That's wonderful from Suarez. It's absolutely brilliant. That's why there's such a fuss about this fella. He's made a lot out of precious little. Uh, well, rugby's just real quick. Uh, Premiership rugby's back on the 14th of August. And they're playing two games a week. I think yeah. in rugby, isn't that incredibly difficult to do? Which is just, yeah. Because surely injuries are going to be a... Exactly. Horrific. And, and the sh- shrinking squads. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. They've all had to, there's been so much movement. Squads have like gotten so much smaller. Harlequins released 14 players or something last yeah, week. To allow you to sail. Yeah. Yeah. That is Ending massive. a 20-year um, family affinity with the club. Really? Yeah. To allow you to... Yeah, there was three true. of them there before. But yeah, I well. feel like Sale are just going to win the Prem next year. No Saracens. They've got like six World Cup wins. Well, I think ten World Cup finalists or something now. Now that uh, Tua Lamy's gone, so they're just going to be a ridiculous force. But how are they? Because obviously salary cap's been cut. How have they managed to wangle that round? Mm. Well, they just had this whole. They, they got the whole seventy percent, seventy five percent pay rate, didn't they? They just got everyone yeah. in the squad to blank except. Whatever the salary cap cut was, they basically mm-hmm. got the players to take the cut. Contract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, extra. You didn't say extra doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. Well, they. Yeah, they've. Re- Thirty of their players have resigned this week, but theirs is apparently player by player. It's different for every player, but I imagine they'd have worked off like a similar blueprint to what um, to what Sale worked off. Uh, but no, extra building ridiculous squad. It's actually the squad is a joke, actually. Rob Baxter. Serious rubber brain on the fella. Um, but yeah, that 14th of August, Graham Ruggers. Rugby. There was also talk of, um, on another podcast, about ring fencing the Premiership to play yeah. more exciting brands of football, uh, rugby. So no relegation. No relegation. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's why there's that whole debate of Super 15 being more exciting. Because teams, because teams have nothing lose. to lose. Yeah. They're like, they'll fling the yeah. ball around, they'll like do crossfield kicks. If they're in there in 22 to try and win the game. I always struggle with no relegation though, because obviously it's the way lots of American sport works. It's a yeah. franchise model. And it's it? a franchise model, yeah. But I just, I think it basically means for all the clubs that have been like teetering on the edge for however long, like when you've got your teams like your Bedfords and your teams mm-hmm. like that that are on that brink and on that level, yeah. they're just like not having that excitement of being able to get promoted and go and playing in the big time and stuff like that. And I understand The club will literally die. The they'll die. Be gone. They'll It'll die. Be gone. Yeah. yeah. Like they the championship struggles already. Being a championship rugby player must be one of the like the toughest things. Most of them have full-time jobs outside of rugby. Yeah, it's like a, a horrid place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just had their like budget reduced about four months ago. The RFU cut it by like another seven, twenty uh, percent or something. And it's just. I was telling you. I was telling you a few weeks ago, wasn't I, about Roslyn Park, about how before all the teams went professional, Roslyn mm-hmm. Park were like 
one of like the forces of rugby. They were one of the first people, them and Richmond. Richmond were yeah. the first team to buy a million pound player, um, sign a million pound player, and then they just decided to not go professional and then completely yeah. fell down. And that's obviously, I think both teams are in League One now, aren't they? Yeah. League one. Yeah, yeah. Brutal. It's been a big downfall. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? I just want to quickly, on the mention of American sport, I just want to talk about some basketball. And obviously the players have entered the bubble this week. So anyone that, I mean, that's not that familiar with it. Basically, the way they're getting the NBA season to finish is they've got every single player from every team is staying in Disneyland in Orlando. They basically booked out all the hotels across the entirety of Disneyland and set up as a gigantic, enormous playground slash training facility slash like stadium cool. for the entire NBA to go to. And... It's, it's basically like a, it's like going on a holiday with all of your mates it looks unbelievable yeah, yeah they've got like four courts in a they've row got, haven't they? they've got so all the courts in a row all with the like branded logos of each of the teams along them and then they've got like golf courses open they're, they're running Incredible. like events there's obviously there's a massive obviously the players aren't allowed to leave the, the, the bubble and no one's allowed to come in and there's already been some hilarious drama on Twitter about a girl posting that she had been invited into the bubble by an NBA player and every, <laughs> everyone's been trying to work out who it was that had been breaking quarantine so there's some, some accusations being chucked about um, the food, yeah, the food's coming out looking like stuff that you'd order off just eat at 4am in the morning oh, yeah. um, it's looking pretty questionable but I mean it does look uh, all the players seem to be having a pretty good time in there um, there's a lot of a lot of Warzone being played gotta love it got to love yeah, it yeah. and uh, if I could recommend a, a YouTube channel Matisse Thibault he plays for the Philadelphia 76ers he's a rookie this year he's doing like seriously high quality YouTube videos like showing his way around the bubble and like what goes on and it's like no unbelievable That's footage incredible. and like they've got they've just got like massive games rooms all just like messing around it genuinely looks like the funnest holiday ever yeah like, it looks incredible um, but yeah, that's so the the actual tournament starts well the the season restarts on the thirty first of July and then so they've only got twenty two of the thirty teams have gone back and yeah so they've basically cut the worst eight teams in the league that had no chance of making the playoffs anyway. And even oh, okay. there are two or three of the teams they're that, just that sat are going. At home watching. They're literally sat at home watching. They're literally <laughs> sat watching. at home watching. I'm just watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, but I mean, they've, they've got a shortened end of the season and then straight into the playoffs, which is going to be exciting. And then once you get to the second round of the playoffs, they're allowed to, the families of the players are allowed to come in. And so there'll be a bit of an atmosphere if just like the players' kids screaming. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm, all, I'm, I'm, all, all I'm, I'm here for the footage of what's going on in the bubble. It's great. Cornhole, have you ever seen Cornhole? Do you know what I mean by that? No. It's like one of those weird American sports you find like the Ocho, ESPN 8, where they have like these big wooden boards and you throw like a bean bag full of beads and you've got to try and throw it into a hole. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a, I, I think it's like a, <laughs> like a, I don't know, like a Texas kind of game. I don't really understand it. But they've got a couple of Cornhole boards and there's been a lot of that footage going around. Really? It's really excellent. That's the oh, that is really good. Really good. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I've got to say on that. Bit of bee ball. Bee ball. is very good the swing works the oracle again cricket yeah cricket wise what a test match great to have it back what a test match great test match unbelievable can't beat it if it goes the full length 
I didn't mind we lost. It was just such an enjoyable game of cricket. I just like if once cricket goes down to day five and both teams can win, that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. And like until the last sort of 45, 50 minutes, like it was still relatively in the balance. Obviously, West Indies had the upper hand for a while at the end, but like it would have taken a couple of quick wickets while they were still 45, 50 out for it to have got a bit, a bit tasty. They played good cricket as well. But I mean, yeah, Jermaine Blackwood for someone that's yeah. that was the only yeah. the third time in his entire career that he's ever batted a hundred balls in a test match. Yeah, no. Wow. Uh, the height difference in the middle, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so good to watch. Jason Holder, Jason Holder had the, the, one of the tests of his life. Um, yeah, yeah, he's come out. He wrote, came out and wrote an article today saying uh, that he wish he was incredibly surprised to see that Stuart Broad wasn't playing. Mm. Uh, but we won't talk too much about that because uh, well, it feeds in nicely to where we've got our guest coming on now. Our yeah. second guest. There you go. Uh, we spoke to Warwickshire wicketkeeper batsman Michael Burgess, um, and here's what he had to say. Here we go, Ryan Harris. Hey, hey, here he is. Thanks a lot for coming on, mate. Sorry, I know it was about the blue when Luke texted you, but uh, that's right. We were, uh, you're only our second guest ever, so uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll try my best, I'll try not to be boring. No, it's absolutely fine. Oh, good man. Have you been, um, have you been training today? Yeah, we trained this morning, so we had about four hours of training this morning, in and out, and oh, then yeah, we're in a week. You just net, or you? Uh... No, no, we're 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 in everywhere. We're in gym, like you're only allowed two people in the gym at a time. You have to sanitize everything. Um, it's pretty. It's strange. Like you're not meant to pick the balls up and throw them back to bowlers and stuff. Um, really? That's it's weird. <laughs> but yeah, we're in the nets for like two hours a day, and then gym and run and stuff. So uh, yeah, busy. That's weird. Do you have to like get? Do you have? To, have you been tested at all? As in, like, have the county champ tested you at all, or is it? We've not been testing. We've got to do a temperature app every day uh, and a wellness app every day. So if you've got the temperatures above a certain level, you can't come in. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, every day. Do you have a little gun that you point to the heads? Are they those ones? Yeah, the physio's got one of them, yeah. They're class. Just point at the wall, see, see what heat it is, mate, in London. <laughs> it's literally the roof. It's 42, too fucking hot. Can't be working in here. Um, that's so good. Well, what happens with bowlers as well? Like, in terms of, do they each have their own ball to bowl? We've all been given, like, a certain number of balls that only we can tell. Um, nice, actually, because you're not you're not meant to pick the ball up and throw it back to the bowler. You just kind of knock it on the floor with your bat, which is quite, which pisses them off really well. So it's quite yeah. nice doing that. Um, but, yeah, we're all, we're, all, we're all, and, like, bowling machine balls and cutting balls. If you all catch them, they to be dunked in disinfectant straight away after. So it's all pretty hectic. That is crazy. That is really weird. How, how's, how's keeping practice for you work with that way? Obviously, it seems all right for you, does it not? I mean, it's been fine, to be fair. We've not... I mean, we've got the two-metre thing, but I've, we've been OK to stand behind the batters. There's been nothing against that. Um, been keeping normal. I've got, I've, I've got my own balls that only me and the coach can touch for keeping practice, but I can take the other balls as well, like keep to bowlers and stuff. Nice. Um, but it's gradually, we're gradually getting to a point where we can now touch each other's excuse the pun, touch each other's balls and all this um, We're gradually getting there. Um, I guess we've got a couple of practice games end of August against the um, And we're, we're still waiting for the schedule to come out. We've no idea who we're playing and when, we know when we're playing, we've no idea who we're playing and where we're playing yet. Really? So it's kind of just, Wow. Did you manage to get much done during lockdown or once, when it got closed down in the first place, were you just sort of left sitting around with no idea what on earth was going to happen? Like, 
was there going to be a season or there not being a season or was it all just a bit last minute? Initially, I thought the lockdown was only going to last three weeks. I was like, Boris has locked us down, I'll be back in three weeks. And then when the second three weeks came and it kept going, yeah, I really thought we'd lose the whole season. Yeah. Um, especially with how much, I mean, football's got obviously an immense amount of money compared to what cricket has. And it, for it to take football that long to get back, I thought we were stuffed. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, cricket, luckily, you're actually quite far away from each other anyway. Um, so you don't, you probably don't all need to be tested if the, if the rate is going down. So they've done really well like from from position of when getting nothing in all year to now potentially getting two competitions in. It's actually looking pretty good. So fingers crossed we can get some cricket in. Yeah. No, did you enjoy much of the test match this week as well? I did badger a bit of the test match this week, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was locked in front most, of for a long hours. Yeah, mostly to see Sibbo shocking Barnet on the first day. Um, <laughs> there were some terror ones flying around. Yeah, he was he was down here just the week before he had to go into the bubble. And I said, mate, someone's got to cut that for you. But I don't think they've been getting a hairdresser in. So, but no, it was it was good. I, it was. Do you know what? I'm actually glad. I'm not glad because you're an England fan, but it's it's good that the West Indies competed and won. It makes the series more interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. I think that so. Well, they've not been competing really, have they? So it's good that. Well, especially in England, they've they come over and always struggled for the last. As long as I can remember, coming over to England, they're always pretty competitive in in um, in the Caribbean. But it's nice to see them come over and compete and actually. Well, hope, well, hopefully it goes into. It's one all going into the last test. It'll be interesting. They're, they're quick, so just a, something else though. Watching like Shannon Gabriel steam in. Something else. <laughs> yeah, I've only I've. I've only faced him once. He's a big, he's a big lad. Like he steams in it, yeah. And he's a big presence at the crease, and yeah. he's out six three, and yeah, he's a, big, he's a big boy, and he's huffing and puffing at you. So no, he's, they're a good, they're a good team. They're, they're a real good team. So I'm, I'm not surprised they've actually come over and, and um, put performance. In. Yeah, no, that is fair. I, I don't know if you have an opinion much on it, but the whole broad thing. What do you reckon of that? Should he have been selected? I, I don't want to put my foot in it. Here. Um, <laughs> no, of course not. Um, or is it just playable? I, mean, I, 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 I think it's quite a political answer, but his record speaks for itself, I guess. It's yeah. tough to leave. It is tough to leave. The leading wicket taken in South Africa, I think he was in the last winter tour. Yeah. And I think he's taken 480 test wickets. So to leave someone like that out in England was a big call. Yeah. Um, if, he, if he played, he may have got none. He may have got five, so you just don't know. But, um, Exactly. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a brave decision to leave him out. Yeah, and I loved the response from it. To be fair, I loved how he was like he wasn't like a robot. Like you get quite a lot of the time, he was like, "Yeah, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm gutted, I'm sad. I've got a bit of everything in there." Rather than just giving the generic, you know, "I wish the boys on well," which you quite see quite yeah. a lot of the time. I mean, I, th I think he's got every right to be frustrated. To be fair, <laughs> after yeah. Um, yeah. no, it, I think yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely done it myself. We all give rubbish interviews where you just say the same thing because you don't actually okay, know yeah. how it comes across. So, no, I'm, I'm, I think it's a good thing he's come out and said it because otherwise you'd be like, well, you're not disappointed, you're not playing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, maybe they'll lose the test, he plays the next test, who knows? Yeah, exactly. And from a personal perspective, your career kind of stuff, um, the whole, I, I, well, I read on the Sussex website the other day about you uh, turning down the contract offer that they gave you. Is that because you saw more time with the gloves elsewhere, or is it just to do with the club wasn't right for you, or what? What was the what was the purpose for that? Was that a couple of years ago, maybe, that you turned down that? 
yeah that was probably about 18 months ago yeah um i mean yeah i think i i always wanted to keep and i wasn't keeping at sussex um and that was my that was my ambition to play as a keeper so i loved it down there had a great time real good i mean we got to the final of the 2020 we, we missed that on, the, on the finals day um had a real good team but i I think your career is only, what, 10, 15 years with a good career. So you, you do have to look after your ambitions in the game. And for me, I wanted, I wanted to keep. Um, yeah. And also, when a, when, a big, when a big club like Warwickshire comes in for you, it's quite a difficult team to turn down. Um, Absolutely. So those, those are probably the two reasons. I, but I was, the, the bigger reason was always wanting to go and keep. Um, and I've hopefully got the opportunity to do that at Warwickshire now. Yeah, no, it's like, What's it like with someone like Ian Bell in the squad, who, like, someone that I, growing up, literally idolised, the best cover drive in cricket history, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like, getting to play with someone, like, at that stature and, like, being around them. Do you learn a lot, or is it, is it just, like, another one of the lads in the dressing room? Well, they, they are, they are. They do become just another one of the lads. But the thing with these people who've played this many times for England, I think he scored 20 Test 100s or something. Um, when you talk to him, he's happy to help you out and listen to you and give you advice on your batting. Yeah. Um, so, so having someone like that, I'm, I'm the same. I grew up watching watching Belly play and score hundreds for England. So, no, it's, it's pretty cool. Sometimes you do pinch yourself and go, oh, I'm batting with Bell. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but actually, they do just become one of the lads. And everyone who I've met in that sort of a situation just happy to help. They just want to pass their experience on. Because at the same time, they were once 20, 25-year-old kids making their way in a game. Um, cool. So it's nice to have as a, as, a, as a player. But you kind of just... Treat him as anyone else, really. Class. Did you ever get to keep against Joffre? <laughs> yeah, I kept a lot. Against, I kept a lot against Joff uh, when I first went to Sussex um, in the Champo stuff with the Red Bull. Inners, as many inners as you can possibly get in your gloves, basically. I only, I only ever wear one pair of inners. I can't wear more than one pair of inners. Really? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I had a couple of sore, a couple of days with some sore hands. Um, <laughs> and then I did did all the white ball stuff with the, the T20 comp. Um, that year, we got to we got to the final. We had a real quick attack. We had Joff, Mills, Jordan, and then obviously we had Rashid Khan as well. So we had a real good bowling attack. So actually, even to that was was real good fun. Batters. Well, Joff, honestly, Joff wasn't the worry for me. It was always Rash was the issue because trying to pick him was a nightmare. That must um, be that must be so difficult. I mean, I actually I got we got really lucky having him. Obviously, he's such a good bowler, but. Things you don't hear on like when people talk about Rashid Khan is how nice a bloke he is. So we got off a plane. We're playing our first tra- we had our first training session, and we're playing the next day against Essex day night game. Yeah. And um, I said to Rash, I said, "Look, mate, can you just mind bowling at me for a bit here, just so I can start to pick you?" Because I was so slow. I was the first bugger to go facing the nets batting. Couldn't pick him. Really struggled. Yeah. Um, I was, right. Can you can you bowl at me just for a little bit and then talk me through all your variations? The bloke's probably got I don't know how many. I still can't pick him now. To be fair, um, <laughs> and having just got off a plane, no word of a lie, he bowled at me just me and him in the middle, me keeping for an hour and a half, um, just till I could pick him, and he just got off a flight. What a good um, so, and that's the sort of and it, it took me probably forty five minutes to start to pick him, but I then. I then kind of work with the keeping coach of, right, I've got an extra two yards that the batter hasn't got. So yeah. a lot of the time, because I couldn't see the seam under lights because it was just hard to pick it up, I just yeah. kind of went off the pitch quite a lot. Um, I didn't embarrass myself too much, so it didn't go too badly. 
but it was just good. It was just good fun keeping to him. Because always in twenty twenty as a keeper, you can sometimes be a backstop. Yeah. So it was quite nice to in the game. Um, so yeah, that attack was actually real good fun to keep to. And uh, another career-related question: You went, you obviously completed your degree at uni. Was there a time between school and uni when you thought maybe cricket isn't going to happen, or was it? Was there always sort of that ambition, and you kind of knew that there was a way, like a career in cricket for you? When I first went to Loughborough, I was dead set. I'm going to be a professional cricketer, hundred percent. I want to do this. Um, and then my first summer went quite well. But the end of the summer, I played for the um, so the MCC combined uni. So all the uni teams, the 11 players get selected and they play against County 2's teams. And I didn't have a very good summer. I didn't enjoy it. All my mates were on holiday. Everyone was having fun. And I remember the coach we had was this really, really good fellow called Russell Cobb, who was the last coach. And I sat down with him um, beginning of second year and said, Cobby, look, I, I want to do the programme because I've enjoyed it and... It's a good way to meet people and just give myself something to do at uni, but I'm actually not really that sure I want to be a professional cricketer anymore. I haven't enjoyed it this much. Yeah. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make you vice-captain and we'll see how you change your mind. And to be fair to him, it actually really helped me out. And then about two months into that summer, I signed with Leicester. Uh, so from going from not wanting to play to being a professional in about three months, and to be fair, a lot of it's probably down to Cobby because I think I would have just been in the student union and yeah. doing what I wanted to do and just putting on KG after KG. So, um, no, that's, that's the little, little things you get from certain coaches along the way, always push you in the right direction. Yeah, no, of course, that must have been a big... Uh, well, a big it's almost nice you get that confidence as well. You just, straight off the bat, I'm going to make you... Like, he almost wanted it for you as well, which is, which is what you He's, he Yeah, I mean, Cobby's got a huge reputation within the game of producing first-class cricketers. I think... I might get my numbers wrong, but I reckon more, well, a high percentage of first-class cricketers have come through him at Loughborough. Um, yeah. So he's probably undercredited with that, but he's just, yeah, he's just, he's very good at what he does and probably doesn't get enough recognition. Oh, brilliant. No, good on well, well, well played anyway. And what's it been now? You went, what, Leicester to Sussex, now Warwickshire. Is that the route you've, you've gone? Yeah, pretty much played for everyone now, haven't I? Um, <laughs> yeah. Two years, two years at Leicester while I studied, didn't quite work out. And then I um, actually had three months stint as a PE teacher at a school in Ipswich, um, which I loved, absolutely loved. And then I just got really lucky with the Sussex opportunity. Um, I was basically, I was sat in the, in the school doing a pub quiz with the, with the teachers and um, Sussex just rang and said, look, do you want to come and trial? Because one of my mates who I lived with at uni played there and kind of got, talked to the coaches and got me a trial. So, great, awesome, I come for a trial. And then the next week, they called me up and said, Brownie's injured, he's got concussed, you need to keep him the first thing tomorrow. So I had to drive down and I played the next day. Um, right. so it, yeah, it all happens very, very quickly. And then, then I, yeah, I was there for yeah, two and a half years from, from basically sat in a pub having a drink to playing for two years. <laughs> what was it like getting a ton against Leicestershire? Or was that last year or the season before? Uh, season before, yeah, that was one of my highlights for the personal highlights. Um, I think you always, yeah, when, when you don't end up being at a county that you were at before, you always want to show them that they made a mistake almost. I don't, I don't want to sound bitter because at the same time, Leicester gave me my first opportunity in cricket. So they, I've got a real soft spot for them as well. Um, but I think, yeah, for a bit of personal pride, it was a nice, it was a nice moment for me. Um, 
a real, like, to be fair, pretty flat wicket. I think it was like 500 play, 500. So. <laughs> It's not, like, it's not like I was the only player that got on that day. It was pretty flat. That yeah. doesn't show up on the quick info page. So that doesn't really matter to be on that stage, I reckon. I know. Second slip. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you said um, you said that was one of your career highlights. But do you have a particular career highlight with your your first hundred or some of the one day stuff? Or I think finals though would have to be the highlight. Even though we didn't win, just the whole day out. Um, desperate to get to one. I think I'd like to go as a spectator. I think it's a better day as a spectator, apparently. <laughs> um, it looks unbelievable. Yeah, I had a couple of mates who rocked. So you got late tickets to the Holly, so they had a belter. But just, oh. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that, to call that my home ground now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, crazy. But just, yeah, you rock up. We were the second semi-final, so we got there. And the place was, we actually watched, you watched the first half of the first game in the hotel on the telly in your room, and the coach leaves. And you get there, and the place is rocking. Everyone's gassed. Everyone's been drinking since 10 a.m. Yeah. You can't hear yourself. You have to walk around the boundary to. Have you seen the video of Luke Wright put the watermelon back into the crowd on finals day? <laughs> I was standing next to him when he did that, and the noise was unbelievable. And that was literally 10 minutes after we got there. Nice. Um, so you get there, yeah, and, and it's just like that all day. And obviously, you want to win, but I mean, you don't end up winning, and then you all go back to the hotel and have a few drinks and get. Yeah, family and friends come so the whole day is just just real special that is class that is really yeah. i bet it's a serious event um and also on career highlights haven't you bowled, i think you've bowled an over at first in first class cricket haven't you yeah, over six over spell i've seen it it was a six over spell yeah. no wickets but they look quite cheap yes yeah, i mean this is the stat i definitely do know about myself i couldn't tell you my batting <laughs> stat six overs one made and 40 runs I, reckon. And I had i'm not gonna lie i had a little look at it earlier and i was like that's got how's that happened you're a keeper we were we were just in a dead rubber me and Sal, salty got a wicket actually me and salty were bowling um <laughs> just the end of the just trying to kill some time and think so we could all go home um <laughs> and i think I think out of the 22 blokes in the Sussex squad, I was the only person without a first-class wicket after that day. Oh, really? Um, so the whole squad had a, had a first-class wicket and I didn't. Because um, Salty nicked someone off. So, no, I'm, a, I'm honestly be one of the worst bowlers you've ever seen. Like, I, I think, am I th I've actually played in a game with you for the OCs before and I think you had a little bowl then too. It was, that was a it's not, yeah. But OC stand, you can get away with it. I think you can get away. I mean, I, the fact that we, I played in a cricket match at the same time is terrifying quite frankly but that landed, um, it, I feel like you got away with it I also remember in the same game you hit possibly the most ridiculous cricket shot I've ever seen over the top of the pavilion on Jubilee switch hit you were busy making a <laughs> about 38 minutes or something stupid like that and you spanked one over the pavilion absolutely miles and I just remember being sat there on the balcony like I should not be here I think I should <laughs> it's just not this isn't right no, you, you miss all the ones of me getting caught third man bowled doing it. So I'm glad I hit on that bit. Yes. They go wrong. They go wrong a lot more than they go right. Trust me. But I'm, I'm glad you were there to tell anyone about it. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. unbelievable. Also, at the end of that game, there are obviously quite a few good cricket, cricket bears that end up in those games. I remember being. I came in at ten or eleven or something, and Brad Scriven was at the other end on ninety odd, and he, I just remember him really sternly coming over and telling me, "Don't you dare fucking get out." <laughs> <laughs> Sat at the other end, like, oh my god, he got his hundred and I snicked off like the exact next ball, and I was just walking off so relieved. Like, oh my <laughs> job done. That no, sounds like bad that to be fair. Mess up his school <laughs> between all those clubs, the, the clubs that you've played at. Who do you reckon is the best player that you've played alongside or or against? 
be fair, who's someone oh. that you kind of watched or faced and thought, this is different level, this is unbelievable. Is there anyone that sticks in the mind or is it? Obviously, I mean, obviously, I spoke about Rash. Rash, Rash Khan was different level. Joffa as well, like some, some of the spells Joffa would bowl, he'd win us games on his own. Um, I reckon as a batter, um, we played a game against South Africa for Sussex. Quinton de Kock, I thought, was unbelievable. He got 100 off about 70 balls and apparently been fishing for six weeks before and picked a bat up. <laughs> so he walks up, peels off 100 off 60 balls. You know, it was the warm-up game before the England series. Hadn't seen anything like it, just ball striking, so clean. And I just thought, I'm probably not good enough to be on the same pitch as this bloke at times. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you, know, sometimes you watch a great player bat, and even though they're batting against you, you're actually quite happy they score some runs because it's just quite good to watch. As a, as, a, as a cricket badger and someone that loves the game, sometimes you're like, well, fair play, I'm happy to sit and watch this. I'm going to watch this. You've got the best seat in the house if you're keeping two. Exactly. So, I mean, luckily I didn't drop him or miss a stamping, so it wasn't my fault. But, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, a, good, it was a good display, to be fair to him. Have you ever had any shockers where you've dropped someone and they've ended up making a big score? Any particular moments stick in your mind? Do you reckon you're right on that? I've had plenty of shockers. I'm just trying to work out what they've cost us. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think I've missed, a couple in, I've missed a couple in the T20. I yeah. think cost us, like, especially in T20 when they get a six the next ball. That's what hurts you. Yeah. Um, I think touch wood, I've been okay. Watch me clang the first one of this season now. I think I've been okay. <laughs> I'm going to keep an eye out for it now. As Thank well. yeah. Try have, not to watch the first game. Do you have a date for the first game? You guys I think first of August, yeah, four-day game. Um, we just have no idea who we're playing against yet. I think they've split it into North, Midlands and South. Well, kind of the Midlands is like the Midlands and the West. They're, they're playing like um, a final, Because isn't it? There are three, they've split it in these three groups and then the two best teams from the two groups with the best record play each other in like a four-day final. Is that how it's working? Am I right in saying that? I think that's about right. You guys probably know as much as I do. All I know is I think the finals at Lords in October, so it could be freezing cold. Yeah, that's um, I'm quite I'm quite excited about the idea of like a like a test match for a four day game final. I feel that's not something you get very often in cricket necessarily. So, I think I think clubs were just desperate to play Red Bull cricket, and I think they wanted they didn't have enough games to call it county championship season, so they had to create. I think it's the Bob Willis Trophy that we're playing for. Um, I, I I like the idea. I'm. I'm I'm happy with playing Red Bull cricket. Um, yeah. I'm fingers crossed we can just get get going and be nice to be involved in it. Yeah. Do you think that's something that the championship could pursue more as a model in terms of like, because obviously they're, they're like watching and viewing numbers aren't always great for county championship. Do you think if they had more competitive games where you get semi-finals and finals and stuff like that, do you think that could be something they could look at and do more in the future if this ends up being successful? Where they have games that seem to have more weight on them than just traditional kind of championship games, or do you reckon they're more likely to stick to the traditional format? Good question. That um, you might be right. To be fair, it might generate a bit more, a bit more entertainment value. I guess some championship games can drag out. Um, it's nice that every single point counts because obviously, even out of three, you could win your group and still not get to the final here. So you've got to try and win every single game, which I quite like. That teams can't just shut up shop and play for a draw. Yeah. Um, also, with no relegation promotion thing, teams will risk losing to win, yeah. which obviously some people will say, no, we need a Div 1 and we need a Div 2. But some people go, actually, the teams aren't fearful of being relegated. They'll play a more exciting round of cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, I genuinely think it could be onto something. I think, especially if you want to attract a younger audience to four-day cricket, it might be the way to do it, to have some sort of final. Yeah. Um, I know they do it in uh, state cricket in Australia. They have a final. Yeah, yeah and... and 
if it's a draw, basically, the team that finishes first wins, which is fair enough. They had the most points going into the final. Um, I, I, I'm all for it. I'm, I think we've had to be, I think the ECB have had to be created, haven't they, to get some sort of cricket on. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just, hopefully it, it's, it's proper first class four day cricket with no limitations and we can get some sort of tournament in. Nice. And in those in those four days, um, what kind of is it? Just you sit in the chamber and watch when you're batting, or is there any any particular forms of entertainment that you guys opt for when you're when you're part of a four day game? Say it's a bit dead game, and it's a bit boring. Not boring to sit there and watch. Obviously, everyone's into their cricket and they want their side to win. But is there any inventive ways that you guys keep yourselves occupied, or is it just sit back and watch the fellas play? I think a lot, to be fair, a lot of the times you've got nothing to do that day. Um, most of the lads will try and work off the dinner they had the night before at least once. Um, I think a few lads tuck in, a few, like the amount of Marriott burgers you get through in a summer staying in those hotels. So <laughs> you try and spread that. Um, and then it's a lot of crosswords, a lot of talking absolute rubbish. Um, <laughs> Plenty of trying, Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of rubbish, a lot of pranking someone's always getting pranked at some point. Um, but you just you just find a way to keep yourself busy. Like a lot of food as guests, like you just eat through boredom. Um, I mean, I'm a big coffee drinker, so if I'm doing nothing, I'll probably have six or seven cups of coffee. Um, <laughs> or, yeah, always off for affairs. If you're playing at a ground, I think Trent Bridge is a good ground because there's a corner shop across the road from the changing room, so you can always nip out and get some snacks from the corner shop, which is quite nice. Um, so yeah, just you find you find ways to keep busy. Um, yeah, they can be long days to be fair, but I'd rather be sat there than sit in the dirt, so it's not too bad. Yeah, no, of course. I think on that, I think Rip had some question about food. What was it, Rip? Oh, yeah. What, what do you, I had a question asked from a, a viewer that wanted to ask, basically, what, what do you eat at lunch? Is it your classic pasta or is it, you know, He's is like, it finger sandwiches and a bit more traditional? And which club has the best tea, do you reckon, if you had to pick? The best tea is 100% Lord's best, best. It's a menu. It's amazing. It's like Ooh. a full menu. Dessert, starter, main, dessert. Yeah, it's a, it's a proper, yeah, proper menu, Lords. Um, and it's good standard of food as well. It's like, you get stuff like lamb cutlets and pork belly and stuff for lunch there. Um, and a rego lunch, oh yeah, pasta, lasagna, chicken breast, just healthy-ish things. Tea's a bit more snacky. Um, I wish I had a more interesting answer for you to be fair but no it is your basic pasta and stuff there's nothing um, that's class I thought it'd be like muffins and like scones and like finger sandwiches and go like way over the top but I wish it would be too I wish it would be too no it's, it's genuinely quite healthy sort of yeah your pastas your chicken your fish um, but again you, there are some grounds you always know you're getting a good feed so lords you cash in for four days you know you're getting proper starter main dessert um, so you try and cash in as much as you can there. Is there anywhere you, which you dread going to do you have like the opposite are there any you think oh the spread is I mean you obviously don't want to be too disrespectful to a, to a team's catering spot or whatever but there's got to be something you think oh, <laughs> to be I mean even when I was a player there Leicester was ever my favourite place to go for lunch um, really <laughs> but to be fair, to be to be fair, because it's cricket, and we all know like cricket traditionally has always been a, basically the game's played around food, isn't it? You, you stop, yeah. you eat, you stop, you eat. Um, so normally there will actually turn out some quite good meals. To be fair, um, so I'm, I'm not going to be too harsh, but yeah, I can reckon I can I can chuck Leicester under the bus because I used to play there. <laughs> good man. Um, if you had any like particular superstitions, because a lot of cricketers I feel have like loads and loads of stuff. 
uh, cricket teams. To be yeah. Honest. I wondered if you have any particular ones or any quite amusing ones. Well, maybe not amusing for you, but I've got I've got a couple. I have to put my um, my right sock on first. I don't know why. I have to put my right sock on first. Right shoe on first. Right pad on first. Really nice. Uh, and then between overs, I have to tap uh, the crease four times. Um, I have to tap about six times facing a seamer, four times facing a spinner. Wow. In my start. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually, now I say it out loud, actually, I'm pretty messed up, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty normal. The thing is, I've um, things in your head, but then when you, I feel like when you sort of make those things overt and say them out loud, you probably realise that. Is that it's probably slightly strange, isn't it? But I mean, whatever works, works, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, I'm. I, I, yeah, you do it so naturally now, I don't even really think about it anymore. But I would know if I'd put the left shoe on first. Just I would just know I'd do it. So I'd have to take him off and do it again. Um, oh, that is but, no, nothing. Keeping, I'd tap my gloves twice. So no, nothing nothing too crazy with the keeping. Oh, do you know anyone that has a particularly... Are there anyone else, like, or is there anyone renowned on the circuit that's like, that guy's got some serious superstitions? There's a couple, there's a couple lads that... They undo all their kit and stuff, as in when they're batting, they're there, like, do the gloves, stuff, take the pad. I'm not taking them off, but unstrap them. They've already yeah. bought out, obviously, strapped up and de strap them and strap them again. Yeah. Um, take forever. Um, we haven't got anyone too bad. Well, if they have got them, they're a bit like me, they keep them to themselves. So we haven't got anyone too bad, I don't think, in the changing room. But everyone's got them. Everyone's real funny about their kit and stuff, the way their kit looks before they play and how they line it up before they put it on. Yeah. So if you, I reckon if you asked, 100 cricketers, 99 would have something weird to do. I bet. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet they would. I bet they would. And here's a question that we put out on our Twitter uh, the other week to do with England cricketers. If, if in history you can only pick one of the best all-time England all-rounders, so you've got both them, Flintoff or Stokes, you can only have one on your side, who are you going for? Stokes. 100%. Really? Really? Yeah. I went for Stokes as well. I think Matt was uh, all in for both of them. I was all in for both and as well, all over that. I um, it's tricky because I, I, I've only ever seen highlights of both of them play, and obviously, I'm um, unbelievable player, uh, one of the greats. But I just don't think they could have done what Stokes has done in the last year. Probably true. that's 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 yeah. the way I that's the way I judge it. Um, not just one knock, the amount of wickets he's got. In, um, I mean, these are these. The second fastest of four thousand runs, one hundred and fifty wickets, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, history, um, um, that that World Cup uh, knock, just the, the the fielding as well. You got to remember how good a fielder is as well. Um, ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I just think as, as an all round package, I pick Stokes. But yeah, it's it's still it's they're all three pretty decent cricketers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No slight to any of them. They're all pretty successful guys. Very successful. And I think, well, one, one more. We did a Would You Rather last week as a feature that we did. And it was if you'd rather, uh, what was it, Matt, run a marathon in under four and a half hours. You're quite athletic, so you might be able to run the marathon easily. But you, have, you either have to run a marathon in uh, four and a half hours or field at short leg to Alistair Cook bowling leg spin. <laughs> run a marathon. 100% run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that thing is for us. That's a bit different because if I attempted to run a marathon, I'd have some kind of a seizure about a third of the way through. <laughs> well, like as a fresh athlete, you've got a bit more of a chance. You got to you got to remember, you may be knackered for four and a half hours, but there's no fear of death actually. <laughs> at, at <the> <laughs> Alistair nice. Cook looping them up, getting. I mean, tweakers. Yeah, 
you you'd have to you'd have to pay me to stand there to a good spinner anyway. I hate it. Having done it before, I absolutely hate it. Both um, keep playing there for England at the moment. I'm just like that's got to be you, like you're basically the youngest lad in the team. Take the pads. You're doing this. You don't really have a say in it. Yeah, that is how. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm in in most teams I've played in. The young kid gets chucked in. Yeah. So at Sussex when I wasn't keen, I got chucked in a couple of times. You mentioned pranks. You did mention pranks in the dressing room. Is there a particular prank that sticks that comes to mind when you're like, that was actually seriously funny, or one that went a prank gone wrong that didn't get didn't go down very well? By the way, I'm keen for anything. Ones that um, there's always because um, you have lockers and stuff. There's always people putting un- half open yogurts in the lockers so they fall out in your kit when you open your locker, which is just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, like, obviously cricket is a pre-protective of their kit, so that sort of happens quite a lot, and probably a few ones that I probably shouldn't be saying on air, um, but yeah, there are a couple, a couple have gone wrong, yeah. I think, someone, I think someone put a Johnny on someone's bat, um, and obviously, because obviously it's lubricant, it slipped the grip, so they couldn't hold the grip when they were trying to bat, and um, they, um, they were in a real rush to take the grip off because they were next to the bat, and they kicked off, so they but yeah, just silly stuff like that goes on all the time. That's obviously, cool. nice. nice. I enjoy that. I enjoy that a lot. That's cool. Thank you so much for coming on. No, yeah, no, thanks, lads. Really uh, good fun. Thanks. Um, right, perfect. Best season, mate. No worries. Cheers, bud. Thanks a lot. Take care, guys. All the best. Well, thanks very much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed our interview, our second interview. Um, and thanks, obviously, to Burgess, Mike Burgess, for coming on. That was um, a lot of fun, especially because we're very much cricket nerds here. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. As per always, we'd like you to look at our socials, and in particular for me, the website. Uh, I wrote an article about Bill Russell this week, um, something I think is really important in the world of athletics. And I'd like if you all read it. It'd it's a bloody me, good article. Give I'd, it a read. It would make me feel good if you read it, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Here's one for you. Little challenge. Yeah. Tell one of your mates to listen to it. Yeah. But seriously, keep eating those burritos. Yeah. And we're out. See you later. Fellas. See you next week. See you.